0: Welcome to RealCast, the weekly roundup of the Real Asset Markets. Uh, my name is Richard Betts and I'm joined by Paul Strom and Nicole Dines. Um, Paul, let's start with you. What are the kind of key stories for you of the last seven days?
1: Well, interesting. Berlin's Sony Centre is in the spotlight again. Norway's sovereign wealth fund has taken a 50% stake in the Sony Centre in a deal that values the, the complex at 1.35 billion euros. Oxford Properties and New York headquartered uh, Madison International Re- Realty bought the asset in 2017 for about 1.1 billion euros from Korea's national pension service. Now Oxford uh, Properties has formed a 50-50 joint venture with Norge Bank Investment Management, which is paying 677 million to acquire its state. Madison International is is selling its entire 5.1% holding, but uh, Oxford retains 50% and retain it remains as asset manager. Uh, the Sony Center is 1.2. A million square feet of offices, retail and residential space in, in the heart of Berlin. Last year, Oxford announced a 200 million redevelopment to future-proof the Soy Centre. The redevelopment plan aims to place more focus on human-centric aspects of the campus, including optimizing workplaces for for health and well-being and creating world-class retail future-focused amenities. Uh, Construction has already started and most of the work will be finished by the end of 2023. Interestingly, NPS had bought the asset from Corpus Syrio in 2010 and NPS was then advised by Heinz, which was retained as asset manager. Heinz has been in the news uh, in the last week too, having jointly bought an office refurbishment project in Milan. In partnership with an unnamed international institutional investor. Heinz says it'll be investing 200 million euros in the project, which is at 25 Via Tortona. It's got an area of 30,000 square meters, and Heinz's role will be as developer and co investor. Construction on that will start in 2024 um, and should be complete by 2026. Heinz said its main ambition is to create a space that encourages people back to the workplace and they're going to seek LEED platinum certification for the building. But lastly, London's Wembley area has been undergoing wide-scale improvement over the last few years and another bit of the jigsaw fell into place recently when LaSalle Investment Management procured a £187 million senior loan from the alternative asset manager Cheney Capital Management to finance a mixed-use project there. The development's being done by Regal London uh, and has been acquired through a structural transaction by LaSalle's value-add investments business line. Regal London has been retained as a development manager. The site was originally the Euro Car Parts headquarters and that's going to be transformed into 759 new homes, 35% of which will be affordable. Uh, the development will also include nearly 40,000 square feet of urban logistics and commercial space. And, um, and, and green space. Construction on that will start in 2022 in September and is, um, it is due to complete in 2025.
0: Interesting to see, um, see what's happening there in, in London. And of course, um, Nicole, this week as well we had the Elizabeth Line open uh, here in London.
2: Yes, I travelled on the Elizabeth Line, which is very shiny, very new and very purple. So as we know, it's the biggest extension of the transport system in London this century. So very exciting opening. It's been 20 years in the planning and building. It was called Crossrail, of course. Now it's been called Elizabeth Line in homage to Her Majesty the Queen, who actually inaugurated the the line. So it's a huge project. I mean, it's three billion pounds over budget and four and a half years late, but it is actually happening. One of the three branches is open between Abbey Wood in the southeast and the Paddington in the north to the west, but uh, two more will open, uh, one uh, in uh, about a year's time and so on. But it's already making a big difference. Uh, It is connecting areas of London that before were very much isolated. It is making shorter journey times for commuters, extra capacity. I mean, the trains are 200 meters long and they accommodate around 1,500 commuters. That's twice the number of an average tube train. It's it's faster, it's more convenient, more accessible as well. It's a link in the east and west and linking areas that before were very, uh, Know, outside of the network of the of the rail system or the underground to to the two financial centres of the capital, both Canary Wharf and and the City of London, so it will make a huge difference. And uh, Sadiq Khan, the mayor, in, um, opening the line, said that it will turbocharge you know London's recovery from the pandemic. And of course, the, the cross-sale has been going on, I was saying, for many years. So people who are early to the game have made substantial gains already on property prices because, of course, as soon as the new stations were announced, people invested in this sort of long neglected and at the time, very cheap uh, areas which have uh, gone up in price substantially. For example, the biggest increase has been in Abbey Wood, which um, and uh, has seen the strongest price rise in the whole of London, at 107% in the last decade since, uh, since it was announced as one of the of the key stations and other places like Hanwell and Manor Park have seen um, huge price increases. So it's had an impact on residential, which we've already seen, but it'd be interesting to see what impact it has on the office market as well. Saying in the UK, uh, PGIM uh, Real Estate announced it's entered into a joint venture with Madison Cairn to target the UK hotel sector, saying it is entering post-pandemic recovery phase. And interestingly, they are targeting, they're not looking at so much at, um, you know, international tourists, but they're focusing on domestic tourists and the so-called staycation destinations. And they believe that that trend for sort of staycations in the UK, which obviously became a thing during the pandemic, will continue because of geopolitical uh, conditions not so much because it can't travel but because it's expensive to travel you know people have rediscovered the beauties of their own country so for their first investment has already been in a hotel in Brighton which they see as one of the bright spots uh, for tourism in the uk and they they say they're going to have a fast and significant expansion already planned they've already got some deals uh, in their in their sites so, so that's that's a positive. For, for the UK and on one of my favorite subjects, which is sustainability, there are always very good news every week it seems. And uh, this week, um, Aviva Investor has announced it surpassed its commitment to originate one billion pounds in sustainable transition real estate debt by 2025. It only announced this target 20 in uh, 18 months ago, and it seemed a very they themselves said it was a very ambitious target. Well, they've reached it in 18 months. Uh, well, three years ahead of its schedule. Their one billion target was one of the five goals they outlined in the company's net zero pathway of its real asset business. Aviva said that they thought it was a very challenging target to reach, but they found the engagement from borrowers has been astounding. They said it's so a very positive story there. And another uh, news is Skanska has been recognized as an international leader in sustainability. The company uh, was included in the Europe Climate Leaders 2022 list, uh, recognized this it reduces carbon footprint by 46 percent and it aims to reduce direct and indirect carbon emissions by 70 percent. Uh, by 2030, and reach net zero across the whole value chain by 2045. And all office buildings they build are designed and built following ESG principles. So two companies showing it can be done and it can be done a lot faster than they, they themselves planned.
0: Yeah, and we obviously covered sustainability this week with the launch of Impact magazine, as well as, of course, our regular Real Asset Insight magazine. Um, and we'll pick up some of the stories next week in Realcast. And Heinz also back in the news with the annual ULI Heinz student competition. And congratulations to the four students from ESEC Business School who won that competition this year and a very big focus on sustainability there. Um, I was also interested to see um, retail um, coming back in a couple of small stories. Um, we had Amazon, of course, on the 25th of May, opening their first physical clothing store. That was in Los Angeles. But interesting also to see H&M opening a 17,000 square foot shop in Glasgow. So just interesting to see some of the physical stores beginning to come back a little bit. Thanks very much, uh, Paul. Thank you, Nicole. Um, thank you for watching and look forward to seeing you next Next week for our regular roundup of the real asset markets